Bonjour, vous allez bien? I'm not speaking in tongues. I've been following the series. No, I, I did look it up this morning just to make sure what you guys were learning. Uh, but no, I just wanted to greet you in French. Bonjour. Ah, I like it. You guys are, are quick wit. Uh, France, that's where we are. We've been there for 14 years, as Pastor Glenn has just shared with you. Uh, but I'd like to just briefly give you a little update of what's been going on in France, and then, uh, you know, we'll jump into God's Word. But uh, we hopped on a plane Friday night. We're going to be in the States for about two weeks But we wanted to return this summer, but with COVID and all that, it was just complicated. And so now that things at least uh, have settled down a little bit, the opportunity to, to hop on a plane and, and come uh, presented itself. So we decided to do that. 14 years ago, uh, there was one item that drove us, that we were passionate about, that drove you guys as a church, that brought us into partnership to share uh, Christ in France is this verse. And if you can uh, go ahead and I'll just... This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants... How many people? Everybody. That is our Creator's heart. He created us so that we would have a relationship with Him. And He, he is pursuing everybody to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And so for us, that we are serving... To fulfill this in France. Go ahead. So France is a beautiful country. I don't know if you've been there. How many have been to France? So you're part of the 90 million people worldwide that come to visit that beautiful country. Uh, one of the, the most popular tourist uh, destinations in the world. Uh, has about 67 French people uh, in the country. But also, I didn't know if you knew this, but they produce about a billion tons of cheese. There's a thousand two hundred different varieties of cheeses that you can buy in France. Do you guys enjoy cheese? I'm not talking about cheddar, okay? I'm talking about a thousand two other different kinds of cheeses. But also in France, they love to eat snails. Oh, we're getting ready for a good meal later on. 30,000 tons are eaten by French people. By the way, why do, why do French people enjoy eating snails? Do you know that? Because they don't like fast food. <laughs> All right. Now, it works. If you eat cheese and you eat snails, it will, it will keep you healthy. The Genius Book of Records notes that... Jean-Louis Calmont, she died at 122 years in 164 days. She is the oldest lady, at least on record, that has lived. So it works. Eat cheese, eat snails, and you get to live to about 122. So in France, go ahead. Um, the spiritual situation is a little different than their good food. There's less than a 1% of Protestant evangelicals uh, in France. So out of 67 million, you can calculate it comes out to about 650,000 people. That's all denominations, including in that number. But the good news is in 1970, there was about 750 churches 
And today, there's over 2,500 churches in the whole country of France. Again, this is all denominations you can think of under the Protestant umbrella. How do we define a church in France? Two leaders. They meet three times a month for a worship service at least, and uh, about 30 people in a church. So when you think of the word church, that's the definition that, that defines a church in France. Um, so as you can see, the numbers are maybe not the same as the, the, the states. So we serve in the city of, uh, go ahead, Lyon, which is the big red dot you see on the screen, um, south, uh, southeast. It has about 2.2 million people in our city, and it's, uh, it's a beautiful city. We're known for our food, 22 restaurants uh, that are on the top uh, rate in the country, but also we are the city that invented Hollywood. Did you know that? There wouldn't be any screens if we weren't here. Uh, 1895, the two brothers called the, the Lumière brothers invented, invented motion picture. And they showed 15 seconds, 10, 10 segments um, in 1895 in Paris. And they, they uh, stopped doing that because they said for big screens there will be no... Uh, the invention will not take off, there would be no future for screens. <laughs> Do you know what we have in common with New York City in Lyon? Nobody? The? Okay, why the Statue of Liberty? You're right. It was a gift from France, but now I'm talking about our city, Lyon. Because the guy who in, you know, created the Statue of Liberty also uh, created what you can see here, this beautiful monument right downtown Lyon. So we have a lot in common with New York City. So in our beautiful city of 2.2 million people, you also have a dark side. And the dark side is that this is where the first martyrs in Western Europe lost their lives. 48 of them in 177 AD after Christ, they were the first ones to, to, to lose their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, there's 53 churches in the city, all denominations, and if you were to kind of bring it down to the confession of faith that, that we hold to, uh, there's about 15 churches in our city. The objective nationally is to put one church for every 10,000 people. Uh, today in France, there's about one church for every 29,000 people, so if you were to do the math in our city, we need another 167 churches to reach that goal of one for every 10,000 people. Um, we serve in three different axes, uh, different areas in, uh, in the city. The first one is we're, we're moving forward in this new church plant called in the city of Bron. So that's one of the ministries. The other is to continue to encourage church planning amongst the churches that already have been started. Uh, and so I'll show you a map with that. And then the third is um, to be involved with youth and college-age ministry because Lyon is a huge city that has a lot of schools that send, obviously, their kids uh, to the city. So here's just a couple pictures uh, for you. 
the, the group of guys, those are all the, the leadership of the... So there's four churches. There was the downtown church that, that kind of piggyback off of that church to start the other three churches. So there's actually four churches that are in the network with a fifth one that's being started right now. So that's the, the leadership of those four churches. Uh, the other picture is the youth of the churches all come together. And so it's about... 40 to 50 youth, so that's a picture of recently, a few weeks ago, um, a weekend that we did. Here's a couple pictures of the three church plants that have been uh, taken off. The first one was in 2013. You have the Pont Church, and these churches are all about 50 to 70 uh, people on a, on a given Sunday. So you have the Pont Church, the Trevoux Church, and the Croix-Rousse Church, and I know you're understanding every part of the city, right? When I just say those words and those names. So here's a map to show you a little bit where they are. Cusse, right down smack in the middle, is our downtown church. The Pont Church, that's kind of where we live, actually, uh, which is to the right. And then Trevoux is to the north. Croix is more of a city church. And you can see the circle around Bron. And that's where we're focusing um, currently in the Bron neighborhood, or the the Bron city, but multiple neighborhoods. The strategy for Bron is a little different than the other church plants, is we're trying to do neighborhood churches, smaller, but more of them throughout the city. And so here's just a couple pictures of these groups that have met. Uh, we've done outreaches like crazy in the neighborhood, and one that's working every Saturday morning is we have about 40 to 50 kids come out and we just play soccer and do different events with them. We had our first women's uh, event two weeks ago, and 10 of the ladies came out. It's just, it's just booming, and I've never experienced so much uh, fruit with, with the time that we spent in France in 14 years. And one thing that just led to another is, you know, we have the first contact, making conf confidence in the neighborhood, which then pulls us away. We pull, you know, families and kids away from the downtown environment, and we go out to the mountains and we spend time just with the family and, and share Christ, which led to our first camp uh, this last summer, which we had 38 kids sign up for 10 days. And so here's a couple pictures. That was the, the team picture with all the help that was there. And the kids, and so we're renovating what we call the barn, uh, which can hold, well, basically we're all in tents, about 50, it can hold about 50, and then um, in the building itself can hold about 20 people. And so that's, that's been a huge, huge aspect of the ministry in the last year or two. So if you would just please pray, that's our main, main uh, focus this year the contact has been made. There's confidence in the neighborhood. Uh, people know of everything that's going on. I mean, we just, we, we were lack of, of people helping from the church, but God bless, and we have over 15 to 20 people now helping. Uh, the main focus right now, if you, if you think about us, is prayer, prayer, prayer. Because spiritually, there's, there's something happening. And we know that since we're out there, uh, it's like we're waiting for the counterattack, and it hasn't come yet. And we're just kind of waiting, and we're like, okay, what's going on? Like, when, it, when, is this, when is this supposed to get ugly or not, not so cool? Or when, you know, just pray.
Pray for these kids that you see. First time they've heard the gospel was this summer. And now our prayers, it represents about 100 people, if you include their brothers and sisters and parents and uncles in the area. That's a, a brief little update. And if you want more questions or you have them, just please come and see me next to the table after the service. Uh, but I'd like to just focus maybe on, on God, God's word and how, this, how, it, how it motivates us. Lord, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful that you, you, you were able to get us on an airplane and that, and that we could drive into Clark Summit and spend this time with, with a church that is so special to us. Lord, I'm grateful just to share briefly in a few minutes the amazing work that you're doing. Lord, I'm, I'm grateful for a country of France and that you love each person there. And I'm grateful for the U.S. I'm grateful for what you're doing here. I look forward to hearing more from people because you're international. Uh, you, you, you desire all people. And Lord, so I just pray that we would focus our attention now on your word and that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, 14 years ago, so our second son, Teo, was born, and if you were here 14 years ago, you probably remember him as a little baby. 14 years later, you come to a point where you're like, maybe it's time to evaluate. Maybe it's time to just take a step back from the last 10 minutes that I've been talking and saying this, this, that, dude, that, all over here, and then this person. Just take a step back and say, why do I exist? Why do we as a church exist? How, how do we leverage the resources that God has given us to best advance His kingdom? So, so I've sort of taken a step back and said, God, speak. Because I don't want to just run, 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 run. I want to make sure I'm doing exactly what you've called me to do. I want to make sure that as a church, that, that heritage, you're doing exactly what Christ has asked you to do. Are we still on target? Are we still on the right tracks? I'd like to speak on that. We're going to meet Jesus. We're going to hear from him. And hopefully we can evaluate our lives, our church ministry, and what he would want us to do. The first, you know, I, I, we arrived Friday night, but yesterday we just kind of hung, hung around and drove, see all the pretty leaves. It's pretty here. The, the lake, walk around a little bit. But I also saw a bunch of like gravestones in people's yards. <laughs> Some, something happening around here? Or you planning on a lot of people dying or what? What's, it was like, but, but I, I enjoy, and it may be weird, but when we visit French towns and villages, I enjoy going into the cemetery. 
and to look at names. And I'm always struck because when I look at a gravestone, there's two realities, two truths in one choice every time I see a gravestone. The, the first reality or truth is there's the date normally of the person when he was born, and then there's another date when they died. And in between those two dates, you have a dash. And that dash represents the person's life. It, it represents the time that they were on this earth. A dash. And then after the, the death date, there's a blank. And I always ask myself, where's that person? Where, that blank, where, where are they? And the choice, the choice happens between the dash, which will determine the blank. The, the choice that that person or you and I will make during the dash will determine what happens after death. Reality is we're all going to die. We all have to go through that. So, so we better not miss the choice. The choice in the form of a question is, are you a Christian this morning? Let me go a little bit more deeper. Are you a follower of Jesus? Or maybe even a little bit more deeper, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? I don't know how you would answer that. Maybe you would say, yes, I believe in a God, or I attend church, or I give a little money, or I've said a prayer when things aren't a little rough at, at the house, or I'm nice, I haven't done one of the big sins. I don't, I don't know how you would define being a disciple of Jesus Christ is, but if that's your definition, it's not accurate. We meet Jesus this morning walking beside a lake. And he's going to answer the question for us. In Mark chapter 1, you can turn in your Bibles. Mark chapter 1, verse 17. So Jesus is walking alongside the Sea of Galilee, which is in the northeastern part of Israel. And he's going to come across two guys, the two, the two brothers. The names are Simon and Andrew. These two brothers are fishermen. That's their job. They are doing well in their business. Uh, we see that they have hired staff or people working for them. They may have multiple boats. But it's not going to be their first connection with Jesus because nine months earlier, they have already met John the Baptist and they've met Jesus and they've heard his teaching. So nine months later, this, this scenario is about to take place. And so Jesus approaches these two guys and says in Mark 1, verse 16 and 17, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And so... In some way, we have the, these two massive ideas that come together. 
that define what a disciple of Jesus Christ is. One is follow me and the other is fish for people. One is basically a calling. I'm calling you, follow me. And the second is also another calling. Now I want you to go make disciples of me, of Jesus Christ. Two massive ideas but that are brought together, that are connected. The first, follow Jesus Christ. The word follow is important here because if you want to define a disciple in the New Testament, you have 269 times the word disciple and only three times the word Christian. So we have to understand what a disciple does. A disciple is someone who is listening, who is learning, who is understanding, who, who wants to go further with the master's teaching. He's basically in submissive to his authority and wants to learn. So what is Jesus teaching? Verse 14 and 15 of Mark 1. After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. That's what he's teaching. He's teaching that the kingdom is coming. The kingdom has arrived. I am here. And guess what the good news is? You get to be a part of my kingdom. Now, in every kingdom, you have a passport, you have a ticket, you have some way to get into the kingdom. And the way in is these two words, repent, which means to turn around, repent of your sins, to go into a new direction, and to believe. Repent and believe. Believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Believe in what Jesus Christ did as he died and he rose again the third day. And so the, what Jesus is telling us is the kingdom has arrived. I am here. You can be a part of this kingdom. But he goes even further. He says, follow not only my teaching, but follow who? Me. What makes Jesus legit? Why, why don't we follow someone else? Someone else's teaching. Because in verse, if we back up even a little bit more in verse 9, we see that Jesus was baptized. When Jesus was baptized, it's, it's almost like, uh, you, you know, at that point, there was a crown put on his head. He, he's king. So, so Jesus is being established as king of the kingdom during his baptism, but like every kingdom, you have enemies. And so he's pushed into the desert by the Spirit to face off with Satan. Can he defeat Satan? Is he legit over his enemies? And we know that, yes, he was able to, to not fall for the temptations. And so Jesus has authority over Satan. In order to get into the kingdom, there is sin. Jesus has authority over sin. And now he shows up alongside of a lake because he wants to meet two guys and say, do I have authority over your life now? Do I have authority over each one of your lives? Follow me. The question is, when Jesus comes and taps you on the shoulder and he says, do I have authority over your life? What will you answer him? 
What will you answer him? So the first massive element of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is to follow, follow Jesus. The second is to make disciples of Jesus Christ because I will send you out to fish for people. Um, do you, where, where would you go to uh, fish? Where would you go to fish? A lake? Okay. Just keep that in your mind, okay? Because these guys are fishermen. Jesus talks to them and says, um, okay, I know you're fishermen, but I'm going to move it up a notch. I know you go to this school, you go to that job, you do that, but I'm going I'm to give you purpose behind what you do. I'm going to bring it up so that you can have meaning and significance And you're not just going to a job or going to school, but that you understand there's something greater going on. You're going to fish for people now. You're not just going to fish for fish, you're going to fish for people. This is their business. They know what Jesus is talking about. How are you fishing for people? How many many people have you brought into the kingdom in the last month, the last year as a church? How's your fishing going on? What I would like to do is teach you a second word in French. The first one was? Thank you. The second one is ami. Anybody know what ami means? You can read very well. (laughs) Okay, A-M-I-S. How do we make disciples of Jesus Christ? And hopefully with these four letters, it will help you to remember how to do it. How do you make disciples of Jesus Christ? And I also hope that every time you think of this word, ami, A-M-I-S, you will also think of France, that they're your friends. Ami, A for aware, M for minister, I for intercede, and S for share. So here we go. Remember I asked you, Where do you go fishing? Where would you go? You said? A lake. Do I have any other better answers? Wait, who said that? Where the? Yeah. If you want to go fishing, you better go where the fish are. Or else you're not coming home with any fish. What we're experiencing this morning is not the end goal of what Christ wants. We're a part of it. We may get a flavor. But the end goal is all nations coming together and worshiping Jesus Christ, singing holy, holy, holy. That is the end goal. So we're, we're, we're experiencing, we're, we have this little, okay, a little feel for it this morning. But can you imagine worldwide All tribes, all languages, all nationalities, everybody coming together, singing to the glory of God. It's amazing. It's going to be wonderful. That is the end goal. But in order to arrive at that goal, Christ says, go. Go where the fish are. Go where the fish are. You cannot stand on the edge of a river and, and talk to the fish. 
and say, fish, jump out. Jump out of the water and come on the, on the side here with me and we'll go for a little walk. You can't go strolling on the beach and hope the fish are just going to fly out of the water and be a part of our churches, our camps, our lifestyle. You know what? They're going to die. <laughs> you, you pull a fish out of its environment, it's going to die. So you can't expect fish just to jump out of the water and come to our style of life. It's not going to happen. You can't be on a boat cruising along and just expect fish to jump into your boat. No, if you want to go fishing, if you want to do what Christ is asking, you need to go where the fish are. Israel's mission in Isaiah 49.6 I appoint you to be the light of the nations that my salvation be, may be manifested to the ends of the earth. Israel's mission was to be the light so the surrounding nations, the surrounding people would come to Israel. They would, you see that, you hear that word? They would come and they would see and then they would glorify God. They would come see and glorify God. But then when you move into Matthew 28, you understand that Jesus says, I want you to go and to make disciples of all nations. You see the transition there? Come and see, go and tell. Now, yes, the church is to be the light of the world. We know that. But there's this element that we are to go and to tell. A, are you aware of the spiritual situation of people around you? Are you aware? I'm aware that in the city of Bron, you have 39,600 people who do not know Christ. Are you aware of who your neighbor is, of your community? Are you aware of, of where these people are at? That's the first step, aware of the need. We are not called to keep the aquarium. We're called to go fishing. We're called. What is the strategy to catch fish? You guys know the strategy? Okay, I'll just say it's teamwork, okay? <laughs> teamwork. William Carey, anybody know, have heard of that name? He's the father of what we would consider modern missions. He's the one who preached a sermon, expect great things, attempt great things. Um, have you ever heard of Andrew Fuller? Andrew Fuller was his buddy. So William Carey, we're aware because he went to India and did amazing work. But Andrew Fuller, we know a little bit less of, less of him. Andrew Fuller, it was stated that, that Carey, when he was talking to Fuller, said, um, I will go down into the pit if you will hold the ropes. And then from then on, his buddy held the ropes and went across the British Isles just raising awareness of missions in India raising support for his buddies. I, I will go down into the pit if you hold the ropes. It's teamwork. There's not somebody out there on their own. And in, and in one sense, 14 years ago, you guys said, we're going to hold the ropes, Steve. Go to France. Eat your cheese. 
Eat your snails. Live long. We're going to hold the ropes for you. It's teamwork. But it's the same thing here. There's pits all around us. One goes and shares. The others are all holding. And guess what? We're not on a cruise liner. We're fishing. Meaning, have you, have you seen a fishing boat? They're not very attractive. I mean, when you go into a port, you see the cruise liners and you see the fishing boats. We're called to be on a fishing boat together. And so once one boat goes out and starts fishing and then part of the other pond, we need to send another boat out in that area to go fish for those fish and then another boat. We're all in this together, teamwork. But how does a team function? The team functions in a generous way because our example is Christ who gave unconditionally everything, even himself. We're generous. And so the M, A-M-I-S, the M is minister to the needs of people around us. Once you're aware, you need to minister to the needs. So we are a team, we're generous, and we're ministering to the people around us. When do you catch fish? I spent two years trying to catch fish. Never caught one fish. I'm talking physically, all right? Like real fish, like not, okay. Okay, I'm, I'm sitting there fishing for two years and I've never caught a fish. And after two years with my four boys, because I was like, because uh, I grew up in Africa and we fish differently there, and so I'm trying to adapt to no fish, two years. I take all the equipment, I'm done with this. <laughs> Can't catch anything. And all great fishermen will say, patience and the right timing. Hudson Taylor said, you must go forward on your knees. There are three indispensable requirements for a missionary. Patience, patience, patience. We have already read Christ wants all people to be saved. We've also read in Luke 10, verse 2, and I will read it right now, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We must go forward on our knees. And so the I for Ami is intercede. It's praying. Who on your list are you praying for? Three to five people. Go ahead. You can write the names down this morning. Who are you praying for? And if you're not, maybe ask the Lord to give you names of people that are dear to you that you can start praying for. A is we are aware of a spiritual need. We're aware. We know our neighbors. We care for our neighbors. M, once you're aware of that need, you minister to them unconditionally. We're a team. We're at this together just to give it, it's like our hands. I mean, our hands are open to receive blessings from God. But at the same time, once he blesses us, let's not sit there and, and, and hold it tight and, and bring it in just for ourselves. You know, it will, it will make cramps in your fingers. Try it. Go ahead, stick your hands on. Just do this for the rest of the sermon. Just hold, hold everything that God's given you to you. It's, it's only for you. No, we're a generous team. Give us, Lord, so that we can give it away. 
We can love people. We're aware, we minister, and get on your knees. Get on your knees. That's the only way forward. There's no sprints. We're on our knees praying for three or five people, saying, Lord, we want these people to know what a great God you are. So how do you actually catch fish? Like the actual moment where you're catching them. How do you catch fish? Well, one, you never become a fish. Okay, you don't become a fish. But guess what? Your hands get slimy. You get dirty. You're sitting there trying to get the fish. Because there will be a time, and 1 Peter 3.15 reminds us this, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. The S is share Christ. A is aware. M is minister. I is intercede. And the S is share Christ. We've, uh, I've been a soccer coach for, I guess, since I've been in France. And all four boys played soccer. And we love soccer. And we have a pretty, yeah, over 400 people are part of our club in the town we live. And once a year, they have this event where we all go out and, and spend three days at some soccer tournament. So all the families, the, everybody, we're just having a blast. And, you know, I, I, I just want to be a part of the community. I want to be a part of what's going on. And at one point, there was, uh, you know, a bunch of parents. They're all sitting there. So in France, you have to understand that we start eating peanuts and you know, all these, what we call apéro around five, which lasts till about eight. And then eight, we'll start eating, which lasts till about 10. And then after 10, good people like myself will go to bed and other people will stay up a little later. But from five to eight, we're sitting around eating our peanuts and chips and this and that and just talking. And the jokes are going around like, um, you know, this and that. And at some point, um, there's this lady, she, she just looks at me and she goes, um, so I'm not too holy. Uh, now, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you a little insight. In France, there's two words for holy, okay? There's holy that you know, but it also means women's breasts, okay? So when she says that, all of a sudden it's like, um, she goes, I'm not too holy, and then someone else says, no, she isn't, but she, she, she has breasts, okay? So it's like a very awkward moment, just like right now, okay? It's, it's a play on words, all right? But I'm getting, there's a reason why I'm telling you all this. And, and, and so it's the same word, it's pronounced the same way, but it's spelled differently. And so they're playing with the words to get a reaction out of me, and then they say, but since you're holy, so you can decide which one that is for me, okay? <laughs> Tell us more about the God that you talk about. Okay, we're eating peanuts. You understand the context. The door is wide open to just share who Christ is in a normal fashion. 
You don't have to do three points, five points. All you need to do is just share who Christ is for you, but the opportunity will arrive. It's certain. Aware of the need. Minister to the need. Intercede and share Christ. How did these guys react when Jesus shows up at their, at their job site? How did Andrew and Simon react? Verse 18. At once. They left their nets and followed him. At once is an aorist tense, which means it's permanent. They don't look back. At once, they drop everything. They drop their finances. They drop their situation. They drop their comfort. They drop their job. They dropped everything at once and said, we want to follow you. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do that. But what this text is, is bringing out is, is there something more important for you? than Christ. And that's only a heart job. It is something else more important than Christ. They drop everything at once and they follow Christ. When I look at a gravestone confronted with two realities, we're all dying. There's a dash. And in that dash is the time and it's ticking of how much we're going to be on this earth. And that dash will determine a choice what happens after your death date? Maybe you don't know Christ this morning as your personal Savior. Maybe this morning is that morning where you can come to faith. And if you do know Christ, then we have an awesome, beautiful job to go fishing and to bring other people to understand what a great God we serve. Lord, thank you so much for the passion that has driven all of our lives and will continue to drive us. I pray that people would come to faith. In Jesus' name, amen.